But first, with temperatures dropping, the cold weather is a major problem for migrants. Thousands of people are staying in shelters, police stations, and O'Hare. Plenty of people are sleeping outside in very dangerous conditions. So a group of churches are opening their doors and teaming up with the city to try to meet this urgent need. It's called the Unity Initiative. And while some of these churches have already been housing people, the program expands their total reach. So here with us in studio to discuss the initiative is Reverend Jonathan De La O of Starting Point Community Church. That's one of the participating churches. Welcome, Reverend. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Good to see you. We're also here with Michael Loria, a Chicago Sun-Times reporter who's covered this initiative as well as issues that migrants are facing here in Chicago. Hey, Michael. Hello. I'll start with you, Pastor. You've been housing people in your church for about a half a year? Yes. We started in late May to start housing people. So what what pushed you to get involved? Yeah, there was a, a pastor friend of mine early May was asking me what we were doing as a church to the second wave of migrants. The first wave came in August 2022. Right. And he says, hey, this is going to be bigger. Um, what are you guys planning to do? We're a small church. We're like, you know, we'll pass out clothes and whatnot. Uh, and then he... he he said, hey, are you, would you be interested in housing people? And I said, uh, no, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work uh, logistically and practically. And then he told me, go to the police station, check it out. And that's when I went. And little by little, the Lord was convicting me to say, like, hey, we need to open up. Whereabouts in the city is your church? We're on the northwest side, Belmont Cragen neighborhood. Okay. And, and Michael, you know, sheltering at police stations, that was supposed to be a temporary situation in the first place, right? Remember when we heard about that? Yeah. yeah What's was... happened over the last year? Uh, a lot, Not a lot, that. A lot, a lot has happened. But, um, I mean, going back to the fact that, you know, since August 2022, over around 26,000 migrants have come to Chicago. And as the city has, you know, moved to try and open up shelters, yeah, they started putting people in police stations. But it got to the point where they were, you know, severely overcrowded. Uh, and as you mentioned with the weather, you know, that's kind of really, um, I think, put, you know, people in a situation where something needs to be done urgently. I was speaking with a, a nurse who volunteers at a police station who told me about how after she got off her shift, uh, I believe it was Tuesday afternoon, um, you know, she went to the station where she normally goes to volunteer. Mm -hmm. And at that station, the migrants there are not allowed to, to go inside. Uh, and she told me how they were literally outside shaking from the cold they they couldn't drink water because their bottles were frozen solid i mean she broke up uh crying as, as she uh, was telling me about this yeah i can imagine I, yeah. can you recall a moment pastor where you had the realization about how important this work is yeah um so we the ministry has divided into two we go to the police stations too the ones neighboring around our church and we service our migrant residents who are staying with us and um I was sharing earlier uh, today about a gentleman that we received from uh, D14. Um, <laughs> we packed them in the car. They're always like, like confused, like this is legit. We're gonna get move into a church, and um, I, I was, I was in the basement showing them where the showers were at, where the kitchen, where they can cook, and opening cupboards and cabinets. And um, um, one gentleman, when I opened the cabinet. He saw all the snacks and all the food and all supplies that he hadn't seen uh, maybe for years, you know, giving back, you know, going back to his days in Venezuela. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the the term taken aback is usually used figuratively, right? There's like, I was taken aback. This guy literally took a step back because he was overwhelmed by what, what he saw. And that overwhelmed me. Wow. And, um, and immediately he just started, he just started crying. 
and I'm, you know, we just meeting there for the first time. We just had a, a couple conversations before, mm-hmm. and so my instinct was the pastor and me was to go and embrace him and tell him like you're safe here, and this is your new home. Yeah. Tell us more about this unity initiative, Michael. Yeah, I was going to say, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, the reach of the program is kind of small, right? There's, uh, I think it was announced on Tuesday, uh, on Wednesday, they picked up 100 folks from stations, you know, out of right now, we're at just 1,000 people or so mm-hmm. staying in stations, staying at O'Hare. Uh, so, you know, that's not a lot of people. But at the same time, too, for the folks that are getting picked up, as you heard with uh Jonathan here, that's like, it makes a really big difference for oh, them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, talk about what inspired Reverend Zayas. Yeah, right, song. right, right. So this this program goes back to, you know, actually the very first bus. And um, this uh, Reverend John Zayas of Grace and Peace Church in, um, I believe it's also the Belmont Craigan neighborhood. He started, you know, helping the city out by having migrants come to his church and, um, Eventually, that turned into a situation where he was actually giving them temporary housing until they could find long-term housing. You know, just through his church alone, he told me that he found housing for 400 migrant families. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, along the way, started picking up additional churches to participate. Um, Yeah. You spoke with a mother and daughter who got housed in one of these churches. Right. Give us the story of uh, Yemena and Camilla Juma. Right, right. So I met Jimena and Camilla at a church in Oak Park that had recently started housing migrants. Um, This was just after the first snowfall at the end of October. Um, They had been staying at the uh, police station uh, in in Belmont, Cragen, actually. Um, And they actually had been outside um, for that first snowfall. And when I met Camila, she, you know, little five-year-old girl, she told me about how all that night she had been shaking in her covers, right, until the next day when she was picked up by um, a pastor who brought them over to um, uh, Calvary Memorial Church in, mm-hmm. in Oak Park, uh, which had just started to participate. You know, I think that that first sort of real cold kind of got a lot of people moving to to help out. We saw also, like, that's when the village of Oak Park started housing people as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So how do you feel, Pastor, about uh, this expanding to become this city church partnership? Yeah, I feel good. I mean, um, Pastor John Zayas, uh, I spoke to him before we brought people in and just trying to get advice. And he was super supportive. And what did encouraged. he say? <laughs> he said, do it. <laughs> he said, "He said this is what we're called to do. And I, I agree 100% with him because... Um, like I was sharing with a few people, like we, we go to church on Sundays and we sit down and receive, and it's almost like going to sports practice. We, we know the drills, we know the exercises, we got to execute it for game day. And this is game day now, like it's time to put into practice what we're uh, preaching. And so he was saying like, you know, let's do this. And, um, and we were trying to, you know, I helped very small but he was he was a bigger push in this other churches to do this mm-hmm. in small ways i mean we have 20 guys you know it's not compared to the shelters we understand that we're not but if churches come alongside and and you know there's love and and care and biblical support in there then you know we, we feel like there's start changes so i'm very optimistic to see how this turns out yeah. i'm a little worried that you know these churches you know um, may not know, or like shelters, right? May not know what they're getting themselves into, but praying that 
Yeah, I mean, talk about some of the very real challenges that, I mean, even you have faced so far. (laughs) Yeah, I'm... (laughs) Because it's mean, not easy. No. So, like, security, like security, food, resources, social services. Uh, I get constantly asked, Pastor, uh, ¿dónde puedo ganar trabajo? Where can I find work? And, you know, I, I'm not I'm not on a, on, a, on a site that has numerous jobs. Like, oh, here. You know, and so um, just the, the small things, like, where do I get medical attention? Where do I, you know, go for, for these these resources? Um I think, you know, when when a church has capable people, members in the church, uh, community members around the church that have, you know, access to these resources and are plugged into the network of like other churches or other shelters or other organizations that can help. It's 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 a citywide, you know, push a citywide uh, endeavor that we need to be partaking in. Give us the the sense of scale here, Um, Michael. I mean, how many churches and um, how many migrants Mm -hmm. each church will help? And then uh, also, how many folks are still camped out in those police stations in O'Hare? Yeah. So this is kind of getting started right now as, you know, a lot of progress has been made to empty out police stations. I think right now 10 have been emptied out. I mean, a few of the ones that do have migrants there are still quite overcrowded. I mean, if you yeah. go down the the Deering police station in Bridgeport, 35th and Halstead, um, I believe that's about 35th and Halstead, you'll see that folks are still camped out on the street. Um, <clears throat> but um, we are down quite a lot. You know, we're down to about a thousand people now, which is about where we were um, at the start of August. You at know, police stations. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, in mid-October or early October, it was about 3,500 uh, so that's uh, quite a quite a big difference um, for the unity initiative itself. You know, it's 17 churches that Zaya said are going to participate. Um, some of them are already housing migrants. Um, so it's not like there's going to be 340 migrants taken out of stations immediately. Uh, it was just 100 to start. Mm-hmm. But more, I think now that the city is um, part of this or helping get this word out, um, I think they expect more churches to participate. Uh, I think that's the hope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I understand, Pastor, you've got space for 20 people. Right. You have had 22 people pass through your doors and sort of transition out since you started this in May. Yes. Talk about the transition process. What does that part look like? Yeah. um, About half of the... uh, So we got only guys. You know, we decided only men. Mm -hmm. We saw that the shelters were picking up women, children, families, and left a lot of lot of guys at the stations and so we decided to do only men and men you know these these guys have been really proactive in trying to find work and trying to find living for themselves so yes. about half the guys found it on their own pastor um i got a job i'm making good money um i'm gonna move out cool man uh, you know it's great to have you we take a picture you know commemorate this moment invite me to have coffee and and sweet bread at your apartment whenever you're ready uh and then other guys like you know, Pastor, can you help me find an apartment? Um, believe it or not, the most success that we've found are people who have moved out of state. Um, Miami, I have New Mexico. I have someone that was just that moved out this week to Hawaii. Oh, really? Um, so they're leaving Illinois, Ill- completely. leaving Illinois completely. And so, um, but like again, like we are our bandwidth is only so long, and so we only commit to certain things. Uh, and when we can find apartments and whatnot, um, 
we we do. Yeah, we, we will. I, I hear that as as part of this process too. You've even gotten the chance to see some families yes. reunite. Mm-hmm. Tell us yeah. about that. So. Um, a pick a, a few examples. Um, just guys that were like, "Hey, my wife is at is in Mexico. They're about to, you know, cross the border, or you know, um, they have they have a court dates so that they can come out to Chicago." And so we had it. We had to first make sure that they had a place to stay, a place to receive. One guy in particular, um, they wouldn't let his wife and daughter come from Texas until. They were able to see, like, okay, you have an apartment. You have a safe space for your daughter. And so we fixed it. We got an apartment. We fixed it up. And then a week or so later, they came. And it, I mean, it was... I mean, what's that like for you to I, witness? I have my I have my own kids, right? Uh, I have two, four, and eight. And, and this gentleman, he, he he missed his daughter's first birthday by, by a few days. Oh. And he was just kept saying, I mean, oftentimes <laughs> with tears, like, I want to see my daughter. I want to see my daughter. And then um, I didn't get to see them in, in person, but um, I did get a video of them, like, kind of reuniting, and, and, oh. and it was worth it. Wow. We know that in the background, too, Michael, there's this 60-day limit that uh, the, the churches right. have in this initiative that they've agreed to um, with, uh, just like the city-run mm-hmm. shelters. Remind us of, of how that limit works and just the yeah. reaction that it's been getting so far. So this was um, a recent announcement from... Uh, Mayor Brandon Johnson, they're going to start imposing a 60-day shelter limit on folks. It's going to be rolled out at different times, so the first people to see it are not really going to see it until um, mid-January. And then I think in early February, a couple thousand more people Mm -hmm. will will get those notices if they're still in shelters. So they're they're saying that this same sort of limit um, is going to be applied to churches. Um, I kind of have a sense from the pastors that I've spoken with, however, that it will depend on where their where their folks are at in terms of finding housing. Um, I also it's kind a of imagine case by case situation. I, I mean, you can definitely speak to this, Pastor. Um, Is sixty days enough, Pastor? So uh, it, it, he's he's right. It depends, especially those places that have families in them. Uh, to get an apartment, you have to have at least two incomes, and so uh, for families, like you, you'll need you make make sure that you have uh, a father and a mother working. Uh, in in my case, I I send my guys out two or three at a time to an apartment because they can't make it on their own. Like as roommates. As roommates. Okay, okay. This is a, a privately funded initiative. Is the city involved at all? Right. So this is something I've been also trying to parse recently myself, trying to figure this out. Um, yeah. So. Th- when I asked Zayas about this, he said it was privately funded. Uh, he, he didn't tell me any more about where that funding was coming from. Um, I think now, however, that the city is kind of helping get the word out, and I think they're facilitating with transportation. Um, they are hoping that, again, more churches will participate, uh, that more funding for this will come in. Um, and then I think hopefully they're trying to also facilitate wraparound services at these churches. But uh, these are a lot of things that remain to be seen. We've been talking about an initiative between churches and the city to temporarily house migrants. And we've been discussing this with Reverend Jonathan De La O, who's a pastor of one of the participating churches, and Michael Loria, a Chicago Sun-Times reporter who's been covering this partnership. Thank you both so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.